0: so much more. I'm Jody Nisnick. This is a podcast designed to help you create space for God. Jesus and some of his last words found in John sixteen twelve stated, there is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I have Sharon Swing with me, and we are going to have a conversation around some selected verses from John chapter one and what the Lord is teaching her. Sharon is the co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. She also leads One Life Maps, which offers visual life mapping materials, virtual coaching groups, One on one coaching and facilitator equipping for those who are wishing to share the life mapping experience with others. Welcome, Sharon. I am really glad to have you on the podcast today.
1: I always love talking to you, Jody. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, Sharon, is there anything else that you want to tell us about you to help us know you a little better before we dive into our conversation?
1: Well, I guess the other things that come to mind is that uh, I'm an artist. And I have a very cluttered studio full of art supplies that I love going down and living in the midst of (laughs) and uh, really enjoy um, adventures, Hmm. just adventures in the outdoors and just whether it be skiing or um, I'll do some kayaking or some zip lining or whatever.
0: Wow. That is adventurous. I love it. You are a girl after my own heart. Well, um, let me just give us a quick reminder of the passage that we're in before we dive in and talk about it. It's John chapter one and it's verse 43 and then verse 45 through 50. So let me read it for us. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. So Sharon, we did this passage as a Lectio Divina, asking the Lord to draw our attention to a particular word or phrase. So when you did that, where did the Lord take you in this passage?
1: Well, of course, the follow me and the "come and see um, stood out in the first reading and um you know very invitational kinds of words um but there's so much more in the subtext here that kept catching me too and um you know how do you know me (laughs) this is yeah this um jesus almost playing with him you know one in one who there is no deceit and just kind of like a Hey, I got your number. You're going to tell it how it is, even <laughs> if it's derogatory toward who you think I might or might not be already. You know, when he says, "Can anything good come from Nazareth?" Yes, <laughs> and uh, you know, so Jesus is. It, it, what caught me is is Jesus, how he's how he's truth telling and playing with him. Yeah. At the same time,
0: <laughs> it's almost a little bit of a snarky conversation when you think about oh, it. Like, can so. any
1: good come from there? Nathaniel? And then Jesus calls him on it right away. You yeah. Know? In, 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 but, yeah, but not in a not in a um, in a put down or a shaming kind of a way. Kind of like, oh, the guy in whom there is no deceit.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> and gonna... I I love that you connected those because I had never really quite connected those two things together. Jesus is calling him out a little bit, uh, because Nathaniel does, he speaks his mind and, uh, yeah, that's, that's really great. Well, and so tell me a little bit more about, as you kind of kept unpacking this with the Lord, what did you talk about as you, you know, did you stay with the follow me in the come and see, or did you, you move on to another phrase? Where did you wind up well, finally landing and having a conversation with him?
1: What happens here? Um, in the sequence, because I've never used this as a, as lexio before you had given it to me, you know, familiar with the passage, but not engaging in it in that way. And so, um, you know, of course the follow me and the come and see would be those really memorable catchphrases in, in, in a way, but this, this playful interaction is what really captured my imagination in the midst of it. Jesus calls him out, but almost kind of tongue in cheek, like we just talked about, but Nathaniel knows he's been called out. He knows he's been pegged accurately. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, this guy knows me to the core. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, he already knows me. What the heck is happening here? So I think there's a little bit of a, a feeling exposed maybe,
0: that's the word that kept coming to my mind is it he feels he's been exposed. He is because God, God, Jesus in this moment actually sees all of who he is.
1: Right. So he says, how do you know me? And Jesus responds with, I saw you while you're still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Right. That shouldn't be any big deal necessarily. Cause it's, it sounds like, Jesus saw Philip. Phil's, Philip saw Nathaniel, and so it's not necess- necessarily a big surprise that Jesus saw Nathaniel under the tree. Right,
0: he could have just been walking by, perhaps, or
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah. We don't know exactly what that setting is, but my imagination thought maybe on the edge of town. Here's a fig tree, and and uh, and he's walking along a path, and there's a there, there's a fig tree. He's he's sitting under. Jesus saw him, but, but Nathanael didn't see Jesus. But then Nathanael responds with, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Like, oh my gosh, there's this there's this knowing that he has. It, it takes him aback. There's this, oh my gosh, he knows me. And wait a minute, I somehow know intuitively, also known as by the spirit, that you're the king of Israel. And, and Jesus then kind of has this Also, kind of playful response in the midst of it. When you think about it, you believe because I told Mm. you. I saw you under the fig tree. Really? That's (laughs) that's it. Like that's all it. That's that's all it took. (laughs) You'll see greater things. It's so not the NIV, but the but the Sharon version of that is. There's so much more. We're just getting started here. Is is what's packed in that you'll see greater things. Right. Yeah. You know, like, oh gosh, that's nothing in comparison to what's coming. And that's where that's where I went because what's um, you know, coming into where how does that connect with my life part of the yeah. <laughs> of yeah. Alexia is uh I need that right now. I desperately need that. Like, you, you haven't seen anything yet. It's been I think like for a lot of people, the last two years and COVID and you know, it kind of trimming down everything. And in a way, there's been a really a, a really wonderful slowing of the pace. But for me, it's been a little too slow. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been it's been hard, it's been isolating and not as connected um as I'd like. And my patterns and rhythms of life got very disrupted in the last couple of years. And so there's a sadness and a loss of a lot of things. And yet um, in the ministry that I lead with Listen to My Life, um, it's just, there's a lot of hard administrative pieces that aren't as easy for me than some of the more content-related teaching and um, encouraging of facilitators and, and, and creating of new things. It's pushed me into a place where there's a lot more things that I'm not gifted at that have that that have required a lot more time.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm I'm resonating with everything that you're saying. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And and so, but yet there is the there's there's fruit there, and and I sense that Jesus might be whispering to me, um, "We're just getting started here. Mm-hmm. There's some." things logistically that we're waiting for not for profit status. And um, there's a possibility of, of getting some funding that, that might actually change some things in terms of, of what we're able to do. So um, I think my expectations have been kind of tamped down over the last few years. But just maybe just maybe this, you'll see greater things than than that is, it feels like, uh In my spirit, like is that a tease or is that a message I can count on and it's like but but it's just enough to kind of get my hope going yeah.
0: on it yeah that's the interesting thing with a feeling like the spirit is leading in a direction like that is that we don't know until we know
1: mm-hmm.
0: um until we can look back and say, Oh yes, but perhaps it, it i mean I think the spirit's probably leading and in Whispering that to you, no matter what what it means mm-hmm. what is the you'll see greater things than this? what is the oh, we're just getting started, Sharon, really pertain to that's what I hear you on the edge of trying to discern and trying to know and not cling to something that's not true, which is makes you such a wise uh follower of of Christ, but to cling to the hope and the promise of what is yeah
1: there's um fortune telling was not a gift of the spirit for a reason That's right. That's right. <laughs> you, know, right. <laughs> you know, there is, it, what I think is going to happen is not always what happens, of course. Yeah. And and what Jesus tells me is not always what I think it is, what what I think it means. Right. The interpretation I put to what he says is not always what it is. Yeah. And um but but many times it is. Better.
0: Yes. And I think that's such an important thing to note in this even process of doing Lectio Divina and asking the Lord to highlight something and having a conversation, a spirit led conversation and feeling like the Lord does speak deep into our heart and soul, something it's, it's holding that with a very open hand, like you've just talked about. and. Um, you know, weighing it against other scripture, of course, as well, but also um, looking at that thing and saying, "My interpretation of what you have said, what you have said is is true, whatever that that the true thing is in there, but my interpretation of it may be a little skewed, and so that's where i love I love how you're unpacking that. I think that's such an important concept when we're doing a practice like this,
1: yeah, and so the the holding of hope is a um is a tricky matter yeah. and um but it's the hope that keeps us moving forward you know it's the it's the fuel that keeps us going and i've also experienced i know like you have that when um when a certain season is over god's usually pretty clear about it sometimes we hang on to it longer for different kinds of reasons, security or ego or whatever else we can hold on to something longer. Um, Or just the, or or just fear the unknown of what, okay. Like if if this is over, then what? Right. And, um, and so this matter of hope is a really tricky business Yeah, and God offers it, but what we do with it, there's so many ways we can I can you know different paths I can go down with it and I think as I listen to other people the paths we go down with hope that make it into what we think it should be as opposed to where God's actually taking that and and but it still gets down to the the open-handed what now lord that that's necessary on this Right really interesting walk of faith that, I mean, I, I think when I was younger and the way I viewed faith was a little bit more cut and Mm -hmm. Mm
0: dried.
1: you know, it was, it was a little bit more formulaic and the longer I'm at this, I think it's so much far more nuanced than I ever would have Hope for, nor would I have put up with. Yes, <laughs> I totally agree. But to let it be what it is, and have even the promises mm-hmm. that come, let them be ambiguous. But we're what we're working with a God who who has these kinds of interactions with us that are sometimes far more whimsical, that that are nuanced, and even kind of a little bit funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he does have a sense of humor. That is. <laughs>
1: There I feel is like. no
0: <laughs> doubt about that. No doubt about I feel, that. I feel like one of the, it's e- almost easier for me to describe with a negative word. It's not concrete. It's not, Uh, you know, it's not so pinpointed what you are supposed to do. I think nuanced is such a great word. I think we look back on what God is leading us into and hindsight is, clarity in 2020, when you look back, you go, Oh, that now all of it makes perfect sense. I see what he was doing. And at the time I, I was walking very much in faith, which I think is exactly where he wants us. Um, and, and continuing in that deep abiding relationship with him, which is the other thing I hear you describing, you know, when we were earlier in our faith and maybe even just younger in our years, wanting something very black and white from god knowing okay this is this is yes this is no um and the the longer and longer i walk with him it's more and more gray less black less white and um and that keeps me just tethered to him because i have to just keep going back to okay so what do i know is true who are you and just keep going back to those things that's what i'm i'm hearing a lot of what you're yeah. saying.
1: Yeah. And, and I think a lot of us were, um, early on discipled by, um, by Phillips who hadn't been following Jesus for very long either. You know, yeah. I mean, Philip is like a minute ahead of the here. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about disciples who were pretty wet behind the ears here, you know, and I think, this passage reflects some of the things in what it brings up in me in, our, in this conversation is it, resec- it it does highlight some of the nuances of walking with God for a long time that it really is this very relational kind of a back and forth that there's a conversation to be had and what doesn't work for me very well anymore is long in-depth Word translation study kind of thing. Some of it's interesting in the in the in particular pieces, but it's not like a an academic study. Yeah, it's it's switched to some of that still there, but then there's Lord, what do you have in this for me today? Yeah, how am I reading this? How does this hit my life? You know, this this Lexio thing is just a it puts us on the relational mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I
0: think that's where having walked with Jesus for a number of years. And, and I know that, you know, your Bible. (laughs) Um, and so you can, there is an ability for you to know how this story fits into the larger picture, how this glimpse of Jesus fits into the larger picture of who Jesus is, what he's come to do. Um, and so there's, there is the, the years of study that you did do, have actually bolstered your ability to do Lectio Divina. Um, the study of God's word and the meditation on God's word are two very different things. And I think they, they both need to happen. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I think you're right. The meditation is such a relational piece for me as well.
1: I, I think the study of God's word led me toward and got me involved in conversations that were more about what's the right way to look at something. Right as opposed to what's God moving in me. Yes.
0: Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't grow up in a tradition that had something that felt like midrash, this Hebrew tradition of of talking about the scriptures in such a way that 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 people's different people's viewpoints and ideas and and experiences with it um all kind of get thrown into this melting pot where um, where we invite the spirit to to show us what God has for us in it at this time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, I think my spirit relates more on that end these days as mm-hmm. well. And the this kind of passage and and reading it, you know, th- clearly I had a take on this. Yeah, fully God, fully human Jesus, of course, but he's he's. Relational, and he's smart, and he's witty, and he's a little subversive, and um, and in, and and a little snarky, yeah, and <laughs> and kind of catches people off guard, and enjoys doing it. Somehow, that just endears me, yeah, to this it's Jesus true. all the more.
0: Good. You know, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about Lectio Divina and. I did not tell you this, but through doing the listen to my life maps, that was the first time I was introduced to the process of Lectio Divina. And it has totally changed um, my walk and my relationship with the Lord. So first of all, I should thank
1: you for that. Let's thank civil and, and Richard Foster before that, who yes.
0: Well, but you, you brought it to my attention. You and Sybil brought it to my attention. We'll just keep passing
1: it on. (laughs) That's
0: what we're doing. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I, I, I would love to talk a little bit about the maps because I think even what you're talking about with the promise and holding on to hope of that promise, I think the listen to my life maps and that whole mapping system that you guys have beautifully done helps us in this process of discernment mm-hmm. um as we come to know who we are more um and know who Jesus and God the, the triune god is more um so tell me a little bit about the life mapping uh and about how that kind of fits into a process like this
1: okay well let's start out with life life mapping is what we consider a spiritual practice. We consider um, life mapping a spiritual practice because of the fact that if these words of scripture don't show up in our lives, then what are they? Um, if we live separately than that, we don't interpret our life um, in a way that uh, is actually life mapping is a little bit like Lectio Divina for our life you know mm. look, look at our life yeah. and invite god to show us what he wants us to notice and discern his invitations in the midst of our life and then where scripture comes into that is in each piece of of the of the mapping process there are key scriptures that we hope people will engage in like this that um God can speak in and through directly to us to help us to notice what he wants us to see in our own stories. So um, Listen to My Life is the name of the materials. One Life Maps is the name of the organization. So it's onelifemaps.com. And we have a One Life Maps podcast, too, where we talk about life mapping as a spiritual practice. And these these are visual life maps. So they're very different kinds of materials than what you would normally see as a Bible study because we use visual metaphors, for example, um, you know, a journey kind of metaphor um, in in one way, There are eight different visual metaphors that have questions on these picture metaphors where you actually write onto the picture where the questions are, and respond to various different questions and and you can bounce between the questions. It's not necessarily a linear order to things. And as people engage them, God keeps leading and guiding. And we also map out uh, a timeline and it's not meant to be an exhaustive exercise, but saying, okay, God, given what my lingering question is right now, and we go into what a lingering question is, you know, for this point in my life, what's the one question or, a um, few questions that I wish I could ask God and get a clear answer for right now. So we kind of hold that before God and go through this life mapping exercise on a timeline that helps us to see the connections between past events and different people and places and um, highs and lows and interests and all those kinds of things. And, and our picture of God, what was our picture of God at different points in our lives mm-hmm. and ask um ask a question, what does any of that have to do with this lingering question I'm asking right now, and God usually comes a comes through with helping point our attention to what's important, yeah, and so that's a piece of what it is yeah
0: yeah, and they're they're beautiful first of all, and when I have used them, they have done exactly I've done the maps at least twice and I think partially at other times as well, um and they've always been so. Helpful because it is like you, and I love how you even said it's almost like leftio divina, listening to your life versus listening to the word of God, both directed by the spirit, asking him, Help me remember the experiences you want me to remember, help me to notice the things about myself that you want me to notice, and kind of writing all of these things down sharing them with somebody in the process. Cause that's part of it, learning to listen and receive stories of other people. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just, it, I mean, if you ever get a chance to do a listen to my life workshop, um, don't pass up the opportunity is what I would say, because they are incredibly helpful as a tool of discernment and even just a tool of confirmation, um, perhaps, um, to know that, okay, I'm on the right track. I'm, I'm, you know, doing what the Lord's inviting me to do right now. So
1: anyway, I have loved them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate that. And sometimes it's healing. Sometimes it's clarity. Some, sometimes it's, it's, um, new direction. Uh, sometimes it is just peace. Yeah. You know, just like, okay, I, I see the thread that, that, this golden thread of God's love that moves through my story. Mm -hmm. And um, I can see, even though I thought God was nowhere to be found in these events, his hand, he was there.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah.
1: And um, there's all different kinds of reasons why, but it's, but if, if these scriptures don't land in the in just the ebb and flow of our story um, where are they? you know it's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. it's just an amazing thing and and it's different for every person and people can come back to them at different points yeah. in time and see their stories so differently than they had previously and it is an absolute gift to listen to people um mm-hmm. as they You know, they work on their maps and then they share them and, and really they're sharing them for their benefit, not for my listening ears or any facilitators, listening ears or listening partner. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we, you know, we offer these virtual coaching groups. Um, One starts, I think one will have started before this, before this, uh, this podcast will air um, at the end of January, but you can find out more about what we do at the One Life Maps uh, website. And we also do facilitator equipping and um, to teach other people how to use these maps with others because they're best used in the context of one on one or small group relationships. Mm -hmm. And um, the relational bonds that form between people who tell each other their stories are priceless. Oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Sharon, thank you for telling us where we can find the maps and find out more about you and the ministry that you're leading. And thank you so much just for being on the podcast today. It was really great having this conversation with
1: you. appreciated that. No, I appreciate you, Judy. Thank you so much.
0: Well, and also I just want to thank you for joining us on so much more where we do believe that Jesus has so much more to say to us and we are creating space to listen.
1: A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help,